there is something deeply, deeply wrong with the special teams in Columbus. And uh, we're going to take a look at that on today's Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Blue Jackets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host Jay Foster, here to give you the good, the bad and the ugly about your favourite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I feel like we're going to be doing a lot of that third one today. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every single day. Lockdown Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, on YouTube and on SiriusXM. I also have to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Probably shouldn't be tickets to a Blue Jackets game, if we're being brutally honest. After um, what happened in Ottawa on uh, Tuesday night, I think it was. I've lost track of, of any of the days, but just a, a a truly dismal first period. Um, the like. Two shorthanded goals, two power play goals in the game. Obviously, one of the shorthanded goals came back, but even if you're allowing, like, in my mind, I don't think that was goalie interference. Refs did, and I'm not mad that they thought that, but I didn't think it was goalie interference. So, like, two shorthanded goals on the same kill, what, like, 12 seconds apart? Um, two Brady Kachuk power play goals. Like, we're going to talk about special teams in a little bit more detail kind of later on in the show, but it just wasn't a wasn't a good game. Um, picked up a little bit in the second period. Uh, Blue Jackets got a couple of goals. Boone Jenner now has sole possession of the team lead in goals. Um, Jack Rostovic gets his first goal in forever, it feels like. Um, when was his last goal? Let's find out. Um, but my point kind of still stands in the this team. It was just that his first goal since October 24th. 26th so it's been a minute for Rostovic uh you know he's he's got 11 points in 29 games so far this season he's not doing a great deal to kind of entice people to pick him up at the trade deadline which is annoying because I was hoping that that would be the case um anyway the second period was fine third period um Anton Forsberg just had a good game I think uh, like, that's part of it. He had three goals on 40 shots. Meanwhile, Tarasov, six goals, or five goals, excuse me, on 30 shots. Um, and again, this is not long after um, the last time he played for this team, which was, I believe, that the second um, Seattle game of the season. So his last game was yep, against Seattle, three goals on 25 shots. Um the win against Calgary, uh, two goals on 30 shots where he was fine. And then before that, six goals on 35 shots in Seattle, five goals on 23 shots in Winnipeg. I can't figure out what's up with Tarasov this season because he has looked, you can see flashes of the goalie that he's going to be. You know, he's had he's had a handful of, of good games, but of his, what, 11 games this season? He has an above 900 save percentage on three of them and a below 850 save percentage on three, four of them. So 
What's going on? Is it that he's not ready to be in the NHL? Quite possibly. But here he is. And that's kind of, that's the biggest problem right now, I think, is the Blue Jackets, for better or worse, have kind of made their bed with the goaltending being like this. Um, You know, Elvis has been fine this season, but they decided that they wanted to see if Daniel Tarasov had what it takes to be a starter. Um, And he doesn't yet, maybe in the future. But as of right now, I I don't look at this guy and I'm like, okay, this guy should be starting the bulk of the games for Columbus right now because he's just he's not getting the job done um and that's not me saying that i think tarasov is never going to turn into a good goalie but i just again i don't know i don't know that he's ready yet um and so now the blue jackets kind of have some decisions to make you know were they are they still trying to move elvis they say no but i suspect they might still be trying to there are teams that need goalies out there you trade Elvis, what do you run with? Tarasov and Greaves? Like, do you pull Greaves out of um, Cleveland? No. Like, you'd have to take a goalie back. You'd probably have to take a horrific goalie contract back. You know, one like Jack Campbell, one like Cal Peterson. And you'd still kind of be in the same place that you were with Elvis, just a different goalie on a not great contract. Um, Do you try and sneak Tarasov through waivers and either bring... Greaves up or try and find a goalie from somewhere else. Like losing Spencer Martin to waivers was really annoying because at least then they had a couple more options. But right now the Blue Jackets don't really have any options in goaltending. And on top of all of this, you know, Elvis is apparently under the weather again. So he couldn't fill in in Ottawa, which that makes sense as to why Tarasov started. I expected that they would start. Elvis was surprised that it wasn't Elvis versus Corpusalo. It was uh, Tarasov versus Forsberg. Um, but then we find out Elvis is under weather again. And, like, it's not his fault. People get sick. You can't rely. Like, it's tough to rely on a guy that it feels like he's sick every six weeks, you know? Um, and, again, I go back to, I wish that we could go back to that point in the season where, yeah, maybe we were losing a lot of games, but I wasn't worried about the goaltending because now that's the thing that I am once again the most worried about. Um, the trade deadline is coming up. I don't know what the Blue Jackets are going to do, whether they're going to just trade everything, whether Elvis goes, whether Tarasov goes, whether whoever goes, comes back, whatever. I'll be very, very surprised if the Blue Jackets finish the season with this current goaltending tandem, though. Whether that's waving Tarasov, whether that's trading him, whether that's trading Elvis, whether that's bringing in a different veteran goalie, I don't know. Who's to say? Um, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, but that was kind of my, my main two takeaways from this game were the goaltending wasn't good enough, um, which we talked about and special teams were absolutely dismal. Um, I thought the offense was fine. I would have liked more than three goals on, on 40 shots. Um, I would have liked fewer goals allowed. Um, but you know, the shots were not as um, wonky as they were the last time these two teams faced, which I think was 43 shots for Ottawa and 23 for the Blue Jackets. So, like, Blue Jackets outshot the other team. Um, they got some decent offense from, um, you know, goals from Rosovic, from Jenna, from uh, Vronkov, which I still think might have been Ken Johnson's goal, but whatever. Um, again, still frustrating to see. 
Bronkov, 11 minutes 55. Johnson, 11 minutes 33. Um, both players, the a plus minus is not a stat that should be used basically ever, but they were the only two forwards with positive goal differentials. Um, I'm just pulling up the actual fancy stats to see what their possession numbers were like and, you know, see what actually is a real stat and not plus minus, but um, give them more ice time. What are we doing here? I don't, I don't get it. Endlessly frustrating, but again, we've talked about that. Um, yeah, Ken Johnson had 14 shot attempts, four, 19 against when he was on, uh, nine against, excuse me, when he was on the ice. Uh, Vronkov, 15, four, 13 against when he was on the ice. Uh, and again, played, Ken Johnson had 9.49 of five on five time. Maddening. So frustrating. I don't, I just, I simply do not understand it. But we'll move on. I want to talk about special teams because neither of them are working and that's frustrating and neither of them are working for two for different reasons. So let's uh, let's get into that in just a second here on Locked on Blue Jackets. First, though, I've got to tell you about Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from being huge ongoing fights. Camino Consulting has spent 20 years or more providing service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboard new employees. It's, uh, it's a digital seminar for families and couples. Did your Valentine's gift of tickets to the game not, not go over as well as you'd hoped? Get the couples and family online seminar for 25% off for the month of February using the discount code Locked On. Once again, that is discount code Locked On for 25% off for the rest of the month at www.caminoconsulting.ca or mention Locked On when reaching out for a business seminar and receive the first five profiles free. That's CaminoConsulting.ca, discount code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at Camino Consulting. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jackets. We must, unfortunately, once again, talk about special teams. And they're not good. Neither of them are good. The power play used to be good, which I think is... Not the power play. The penalty kill used to be good, which I think makes it more frustrating. Like, at this point, I expect the power play to be bad, you know? But the penalty kill, it gave me hope at the start of the season. They were third in the league, like, for the first month and a half or something. Um, and since, like, since the calendar turned over to 2024, basically, it's fallen off a cliff. Um, and there's just, there's so much going on that, yeah, what are we, like, what are we doing here? I don't understand. Um, because the penalty kill shouldn't be this bad because I don't think anything has changed. So is it that? The systems have changed. It, I don't think so. Um, some Obviously, some personnel has kind of gone in and out of the lineup. They were missing Sean Corrales for a bunch of time. They were missing Wierenski for a bunch of time. Um, they were missing um, Jenna for a bunch of time. He's a big PK guy. Um, but it looks to me like the problems have been there the whole time. Um, so I was interested to see because and I, I couldn't decide if this was just like confirmation bias or if I was looking for it. Almost all of the penalty kill goals scored on Columbus this season have come when two guys are on the ice, especially in defense. Ivan Provorov has allowed 22 goals on 
the penalty kill so far this season. Erica Branson, 18. The next guy is Zach Wierenski. Now, in fairness, Zach Wierenski has played a lot less time on the penalty kill than Provorov and Gabranson for whatever reason. Um, Pascal Vincent has decided that Provorov and Gabranson are his go-to penalty kill guys. Um, and that just simply doesn't seem true. Uh, Provorov has played 154 minutes, Eric Gabranson 137. Again, next, Zach Wierenski, who's only played 57 and a half minutes. Um, but then even if you look like those are all teams and sort by who's allowed the most goals um, in terms of defensemen, and I pull it up, there's only six defensemen that have allowed more goals than Provorov. Cam Fowler in Anaheim, Asa Lindell in Dallas, Jake Sanderson in Ottawa, Alexander Romanov in New York uh, for the Islanders, Mario Ferraro for San Jose, and Mike Matheson in Montreal. 25, uh, 26, 25, 25, 25, 25, 24, respectively. Um, all of those guys, bar a couple, so bar Sanderson and Romanov, have played more minutes than Provorov. Um, so they're playing more minutes and allowing just a few more, but like some people, uh, for example, Asa Lindell has played almost 200 minutes of um, penalty call time and has allowed only three more goals than Provorov in almost half an hour more ice time. And then if you flip that to the ice time, um, Asa Lindell has spent more time on the penalty kill than any other player uh, on on in the NHL. Um, so, yes, the numbers look rough in terms of Columbus specifically because Provorov and, um, Provorov and, and Gabranson play so much hockey on the penalty kill, but it just, it doesn't look great. You know, um, if you look at guys that are playing a similar-ish amount, um, so for example, Gustav Forsling has played exactly one minute more on the penalty kill than Provorov. He's only allowed 12 goals. Again, Provorov, 22. Uh, the other guy nearest to him has played uh, about a minute and a half less. Brandon Carlo in Boston has uh, allowed 20 goals. Uh, Ferraro is kind of in the same boat. Larson, same boat, 21. Uh, Travis Sanheim has played about five minutes less and has allowed 13 goals. Um, you know, like, I just... Maybe it's time to switch things up. And maybe Provorov and Gabranson should not get as much ice time as they do, specifically on the penalty kill. Um, so, last night on the penalty kill, uh, Provorov played six minutes, four seconds, and allowed one goal. Gabranson, three minutes, 27, also allowed a goal. Um, but then, like, it's a tough one because both, the, it looks like two units allowed a goal each. Uh, so, Borensky and Bean allowed a goal on theirs. Uh, Gabranson and Provorov allowed a goal on theirs. And then Texier, Jenna, Sillinger, and Corrali were all on for a goal. So, like, maybe this is me unfairly putting blame on Gabranson and Provorov when it's a case of every single Blue Jacket is allowing a bunch of uh, of power play goals. Um, let's see if I can pull that up, actually, in terms of Blue Jacket skaters in general. Um, but it's still frustrating, you know? And there's definitely 
moves that can be made there. Um, you know, I think I think Wierenski and Bean should get more time on the penalty kill. Um, looking at who's left, like maybe Severson should. Severson, I don't think should get some some penalty kill time. Uh, Boquist definitely not. But I wonder, you know, Juracek, I think, could be used on the on the penalty kill. Um, let's pull up the... Okay, here we go. So in terms of forwards, uh, Cole Selinger has played the most in terms of forwards on the penalty kill. And again, has allowed the most uh, goals with 17. Justin Danforth, 85 minutes, 15 goals. Texier, 96 minutes, 14 goals. Um, let's pull it up this way. So yeah, it looks like the top unit is going to be... Provorov, Gabranson, Sillinger, and Texier. They've all played. That's the four players that have played the most. Um, just a Danforth should probably be getting some more, uh, some, some, should probably be getting fewer uh, minutes on the penalty kill. Um, David Tiverson has played a little bit on the penalty kill, actually. Uh, I would love for this to exist in um, percentages, but. Kromachenko has played five minutes of, pe- of penalty kill time and has not allowed a goal, which is, again, very funny. Um, Chinakov, again, eight minutes, 40 on the penalty kill. These are kind of, I think, accidental, um, where they get, you know, the 30 seconds at the end of the penalty kill so they can have whoever jump back on the ice and be ready. Uh, Jack Rostovic, three goals in 27, in 25 minutes. Severson, six goals in 46 minutes. So, like, maybe maybe Severson should get more PK time. Jake Bean should definitely get more PK time. Um, seven goals in 49 minutes. So that's an average of what? One every, oh God, math. Um, one every seven minutes. Seven times seven is 49. I, I Doing math on, on the fly is, is tough, but allowing one goal kind of every three and a half penalties, if I'm doing my math right, seems like that seems okay to me compared to, you know, Provorov, who is allowing a goal, kind of, again, every every four or five minutes. Again, if I'm doing my math correctly, I might not be. Uh, math is not my strong suit, so I apologize for that. Um, on the flip side, our play is abysmal. And this is a much harder one to fix, I think, just because... Like, what do you, how do you fix this power play? Because is it, is it the the coaching? Is it the systems? Like, this is, I think, the third or fourth power play specific coach. So, like, they brought Mark Recchi in to coach the power play. Um, Previous to that, I believe, uh, Brad Larson was running the power play. Uh, Before that, it was, they brought Martin Stanley in to be a special teams consultant for a little while. Like, there's just, there's so much going on in terms of the power play specifically. Uh, Pascal Vincent, I believe, ran the power play last season. So, so many different coaches, and none of them can get it right. So, like, is it the personnel? Is it, are they being deployed in the wrong places? Is it, you know, new systems and still not working? I know there was a bunch of, like, discourse at the beginning of the season about splitting up Gaudreau and Line on the power play because they both like to play the same position on the on the left-hand uh, side. Face-off darts, like... I just, I don't know how to fix this power play. And I spent a bunch of time earlier today watching highlights of, like, power plays. And when it works, it's great. And when it doesn't, it's miserable. And I just can't figure it out. Like, I think the fact that they've been missing Zach 
for a bunch of time. Um, the Johnny Gaudreau and Karol Marchenko have both played more power play time than Wierenski, which seems wild to me. Um, you know, obviously losing Fantilli hurts, but he wasn't getting a ton of, he wasn't getting as much time as I would want him to anyway. Um, you know, it's, they can't seem to figure out, Ken Johnson gets barely any time. Uh, Chinakov also gets barely any time. Like, Boquist, I think, should get more time. I just, the, the, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, honestly. I think the personnel aren't quite right. I think the um, systems aren't quite right. And when you like mix those both together, that's when you get a real problem here. Um, because that's, that's hockey. Um, I'm frustrated by both of the special teams, and I don't know how to fix either of them. And... I have ideas, but I don't know that, you know, it's tough to know how to fix something if you can't, like, if you can't personally try new things, you know? So, like, I have ideas of, like, hey, maybe this, maybe do this, maybe do this, maybe do this, but unless you can, like, actually implement them. So, like, I think that that, be, that might be my main thing for the power play, I think, is is switch things up. And I know they've been switching things up all season and nothing has worked yet, but if you do something different enough times, eventually you'll hit on something that works. Um who can say, you know, um, I, I certainly can't, but that's why I do a podcast and they coach the Blue Jackets. Um, I'm going to take another quick break. And then when we get back, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that kind of happened on Twitter a couple of days ago. Um, and something that kind of came about because of this incident. So we'll do that in just a second here on Lockdown Blue Jackets. First, though, we're going to talk about game time because uh, I'm back in California and that means that I'm back to buying hockey tickets. And game time is the only place I go to because I'm so tired of fighting all of these other ticketing websites, uh, trying to find last minute tickets, trying to find good deals, trying not to pay a million dollars in fees. Uh, game time means I don't have to worry about any of that. It's the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater, uh, anything that you need a ticket for near you. They've got last-minute deals, all in prices, views from your seats. They've got a best price guarantee, which means if you find tickets in your section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. They take all of the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices. There's no secret fees that get added on afterwards, and you can buy tickets in seconds in only two taps. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code locked on. $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. I want to kind of finish up with um, something a little bit different than usual. Um, I want to talk about the events that happened on Twitter a couple of days ago about Patrick Line and... Um, a different podcast that made a pretty insensitive quote unquote joke. Uh, and that like, that sucked. And like Patrick Lyon, saw it and it made me really conscious of the fact that like players do see what you're saying about them on Twitter, but I didn't want to highlight that. What I wanted to highlight specifically was how cool it was to see kind of the Twitter verse in blue jackets land kind of as a whole decide, okay, let's fight against this. Um, and I think, you know, a bunch of people, uh, the 
Blue Line Junkies, I believe, was one. Uh, Michaela Hillard was another. Um, I know uh, Nasha got involved and really magnified it doing hashtag 29 for 29. And as a group, we raised over $10,000 for um, Line A's uh, foundation, which is, you know, money going towards helping men's mental health in the city of Columbus, which is really great because obviously he's in the, the player assistance program right now for mental health reasons. And uh, it was just a really nice, like, okay, this was a really terrible, bad thing that happened. Um, and, you know, it made me kind of ashamed to be a Blue Jackets podcaster because I feel like we as like fans, we as podcasters, we as, you know, quote unquote media have a responsibility to be better than that. And, and they weren't. So, you know, they apologized, they um, donated to the the foundation i believe and then deleted all of their socials so you know um i don't know how effective the the apology actually was but they did it um but that's that's kind of what i wanted to highlight was okay this bad thing happened but look how great kind of the community at large was and ten thousand dollars towards this is really great johnny gaudreau uh, is chipping in and he's going to be giving a thousand dollars for every point he scores from now to the rest of the season so like that's probably a good $20,000, $25,000 going towards this, which is awesome. Hopefully, Patrick comes back soon. Um, I am under no like no uh, illusions that he will watch this episode of this podcast. But if he is, like, we're all rooting for you, Patrick. Uh, hopefully, you know, you get back and are scoring sick goals extremely soon for this team. But hopefully, more importantly, you are looking after yourself and kind of feeling better in, in who you are and your mental health. So that's just kind of what I wanted to kind of finish the podcast on is if you want, if you haven't donated yet and you want to, um, there is going to be a link to it on the Blue Jackets Twitter, on the, the Lockdown Blue Jackets Twitter. I will put a link to it in the description below. Um, I gave 29 bucks once I figured out how to do it internationally. Uh, so if you want to match that donation, then please feel free. Let's see if we can raise even more money for a really, really great cause. Um, and that's kind of it. That's all I've got for today. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to do another prospect profile because why not look to the future if the team is going to lose 6-3 to Ottawa? Um, so we're going to be talking to Tony Ferrari about Cole Eisenman, who is a very intriguing prospect to look at um, in terms of his kind of quote-unquote fall from grace. Uh, so that's going to be tomorrow's episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode, for making it your first listen of the day. Lockdown Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube and on SiriusXM. Uh, I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the show at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.